You're listening to Nick Luck Daily. This edition is brought to you by Fitzdares, by the Racehorse Owners Association, and by the Breeders' Cup. Good morning, welcome to the show. Thursday, the 12th of January. It's rainy again in TW11. It was bucketing down overnight as well. And It'll be testing wherever they're racing on turf in the UK and Ireland over the next few days. With that in mind, we're casting our eye forward a week on from now to the build-up to the Lingfield Winter Million and what might happen there if they are forced to abandon through waterlogging, though the, the course is hopeful that won't be the case. More of that in a few moments' time. Big news that came out last night, and it had been flagged up as a possibility during the course of the day. Davy Russell who retired a couple of weeks ago, don't forget, after a long and illustrious career, will come out of retirement to ride horses for Gordon Elliott because of Jack Kennedy's injury that we spoke about on the podcast earlier this week. Lee Mosshead, senior rider from the Racing Post, is with me. Russell is a man who's always marched to the beat of his own drum, Lee, but you, you sense here that this is uh, something of an act of selflessness. Yes, I suspect you're probably right about that, Nick. Um, certainly the way the the news was released last night with a statement that came from uh, David Russell suggested that it wasn't something he'd necessarily been, been pushing for. He said after meeting with Gordon Elliott today, I've decided to come out of retirement and ride for the short period while Jack, Jack Kennedy, is on the sidelines. Uh, he said, we're a close team in Colin Trail, and after what happened last weekend, I want to help the team through a difficult few weeks. Um, he'll resume at Ferry House on Saturday, right at Punchystown on Sunday. There's clearly the Dublin Racing Festival, which is just around the corner. Jack Kennedy certainly has no chance whatsoever of being back for that. The question that will then hang over this whole story is whether Jack Kennedy will return in time for the Cheltenham Festival. And if he doesn't, then clearly David Russell, based on what we've learned last night, will ride at the Cheltenham Festival. There will also be a question of would he ride at the Cheltenham Festival regardless, having just come back? How many jockeys would retire for a second time a week or two before Cheltenham? But as you say, Nick, Davey has always done his own thing. He wasn't the sort of person who wanted um, a fireworks retirement. He, he, he quit the sports or he quit the saddle on a, on a quiet midweek day um, at Thurless, certainly not after loads of headlines. So maybe he isn't the sort of person that would crave another Cheltenham Festival. All right, well, we can speculate all we want, but there's no one better to hear it from than the man himself. Um, Davy Russell, another twist and another turn. I guess that's I guess that's just Davy Russell's career, really, isn't it? Seems to be my life, Nick. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, what what was the major motivating force behind um, coming out of retirement? Uh, just basically, I suppose the timing of it. Really, um, the timing of it is, is is acceptable. That you know, it's I'm only gone what two and a half, three weeks, and um, just the unfortunate uh, surroundings, circumstances surrounding, and the whole thing, you know. Um, 
uh, you know, Jack had slotted in there really well and he had a good Christmas and everything was going fine and we were all enjoying it and then just unfortunately he had to get that fall and it's just bad timing. Um, it's just bad timing for them and it's 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 okay timing for me as in the, the time that I stepped away to now, you know. Did somebody have to sow the idea in your mind or did it, did it cross your mind as soon as you knew Jack was injured? Oh, maybe I need to get in there and help out. Uh, no, I, 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 I suppose the, the, the fact was that I was nearly going to Nice on Sunday and um, probably if I was there, I probably would have rode, I would have rode, um, I would have rode um, that day, you know, so, um, and then if I was going to ride that day, I may as well ride, you know, on, you know, so um, Gordon was happy that, um you know, it would suit the team and it would help the team. And to be honest, you know, you know, I hopefully I've repaid them as much as I can. But at the same time, it's still a huge part of the team and it is a team effort. So we all have to pull our weight, you know. Yeah, I mean, so it, it, I'm not I don't I'm not, I'm not trying to put words in your mouth, but you're, you're not having sort of second thoughts. You, you're not thinking, well, actually, why did I bother retiring in the first place? I should have just carried on because I'm missing it too much. No, 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 none of that. It's all about uh, just getting the, 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 the whole, keep the whole the wheel turning until um, just because of the circumstances and, um, you know, missing it. I don't know what the right word is. Uh, you know, take it, I was suspended for three weeks and now I'm back. <laughs> um, <laughs> you, haven't, you haven't really had a lot of time to miss it, have you? No, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And I had a good Christmas and I it's, hopefully it wasn't too good now. I'll have to find a scale somewhere. Well, to step up on, but I'm sure it'll be fine. I, I was going to ask you about that. I mean, are you going to have to get yourself down in weight very quickly? I was quite light on Look, I've, been, I've kept very fit. Um, I've been riding out in gardens and um, I've a couple of young ponies here at home for the lads that uh, I, I didn't really want them to miss a day. So um, then my kids are small and then them ponies, need, they need a bit of help. So I, I've been riding them. Um, as well, so I've been kept very busy, you know. Yeah, well, I didn't think the grass would be growing, put it that way. I, I, um, I, if somebody sort of wants to book you for rides, can they do that now, or, or are you just going to be picking and choosing very carefully? Uh, not, not very carefully. I, 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 I haven't really thought about it, but yeah, if someone, you know, I'm a jockey, I'm, I'm, that's it. I'm, I'm, I don't think I'll be champion jockey, but um, um, I'll. Gordon should have a lot of nice rides for me, uh, you'd hope. And, um, you know, it'd be great to be looking forward to them, you know. Have you uh, have you thought about Cheltenham at all? Uh, no, not really. It, it all depends on Jack now and his situation. And um, hopefully now he can he can get his skates on there and, and he'll recover well. And hopefully he'll have a comfort. He, he's, his recovery will be more comfortable knowing that... Um, you know, it's just a stopgap, really. And and that's that's the way you're looking at it. Um, uh, how's this gone down at home? Very well. <laughs> um, my wife is is, is uh, very supportive of me, and I told the kids this morning, and they couldn't understand. They thought that I was uh, I couldn't go back, and um, I explained to them this morning that we might be going racing again, or that we will be going racing again. And to be honest, they're delighted. They, <laughs> they couldn't understand the retiring side of it anyway, but. Um, my other daughter Jamie rang me last night and she was delighted so um, yeah alright well um, I wish you all the best um, Davey are you, are you clear on what you're riding this weekend yet? 
Uh, right, two on Saturday now for sure. Uh, Jazzy Matty and uh, Bodie Zacher. So I'll read them two, and uh, I'm not quite sure Sunday that'll be done tomorrow. And do, do you you don't feel weird at all? No, no. <laughs> just just have to switch, click the switch, and uh, that's it. All right. Thanks for your time this morning. I appreciate it. Good luck. Thanks, Nick. The inimitable, and I use that word in the truest sense, Davy Russell. There, Lee Mosshead is still with me. And was listening to that. Uh, Lee, in all honesty, that all all speaks for itself. In terms of the young riders coming through at Gordon Elliott's, Jordan Gainford and Sam Ewing, they are hugely, hugely talented and have strutted their stuff on the big stage to great effect and with great coolness. But does this comeback from Davy Russell, needing to help Gordon Elliott out, does it tell us something about the demands of the modern big spending owner, do you think, and and what they they want from the the game and, and needing a big name? I think that's a fair comment, Nick. Um, I think all these big stables now, if you look at Gordon Elliott, Willie Mullins, uh, and in Britain, I suppose, Nicky Henderson and, and Paul Nichols, they uh, they survive through the support of a number of extremely high-profile, wealthy and influential owners who will generally want their voice to be heard. Now, sometimes... It's easier to make their voice heard uh, more than others. I thought what Anthony Bromley was saying about the relationship between Willie Mullins and the summer manier Isaac Swade double green operation was interesting yesterday with Anthony explaining how they can sometimes get their way with Willie, but it isn't necessarily always the case. I think perhaps maybe outside of of Willie Mullins' yard, there, there are instances where, where trainers might be have to be more receptive to what owners want, and owners generally want very high-profile jockeys to ride their high, they're either high-profile and extremely valuable jumpers. So it wouldn't be a surprise if there had been some owner pressure um, behind this decision. Um, and it also, I think, highlights the importance in Irish jump racing now of that Dublin racing festival. I suspect if we had a similar situation in Britain, if there was some sort of parallel, I doubt you would have the same clamour to bring a jockey back for the period between Christmas and the Cheltenham Festival. The Irish situation is very different now with these high-profile two days at Leopardstown. Yeah, I thought of a number of factors here. I thought, first, the fact that Russell is, is in, in himself a, a talismanic figure and he's only just retired. Second, the, the Dublin Racing Festival was around the corner. Third, the increased importance to all these new owners of the Cheltenham Festival. And as I said, the sort of newer owner maybe that's coming in the last five, six, seven years with lots of money and it's high stakes and it matters so much more and the big days matter so much more. And that unwillingness really to let go of that golden generation of Irish jockeys, the Geraghty, Carberry, Walsh, Russell. This is the last vestige of that really, isn't it? It is. And, and, and we, thought, we thought that last vestige had said goodbye, didn't we, before Christmas? Um, but clearly not. I, I, I don't know if it says something about how that older, almost now former generation of top jockeys is is compared to the current crop of, of riders in Ireland. I mean, I certainly don't think anyone who's watched Jordan Gainford ride would have any doubt about his ability to, to shine on the biggest stages, on the biggest days. And I think because of that, it only serves to heighten further the respect in which that old generation, which is now represented solely 
by by Davy Russell is still held within Irish jump racing. And so while Russell is playing his trade at Ferry House and Punchestown this weekend, the action in the UK will be focusing on Warwick and Kempton Park. Warwick's big meeting of the year and their feature race is the Totesport Classic Chase, the favourite for which at the moment runs in the colours of J.P. McManus. This is Getapan Collange, pretty unexposed, still improving, trained by a trainer who's in fantastic form this season, Charlie Longston. And I've been asking him whether he feels that the very wet conditions will be in his favourite's favour. Um, we've always thought he wants very soft ground. Um, and we're certainly going to get... We've had a lot of rain here. We're only 20 miles from the race course. Um, we're going to get... Yeah, it's, it's going to be pretty testing conditions. You don't know until you run him on it. It's a massive, massive step up in grade. So as long as he copes the step up in grade, I think the conditions will suit. He's been a slow burn, but he's already won five races. Do you think we're just getting going with him? Yeah, look, we've taken him slowly, slowly. Um, he's now off mark of one, two, six, so he's you know he can get into some of these bigger races, um, and he just creeps in at the bottom of the handicap. He's going to be ten stone three, um, which is the right end of the handicap to be on very on a, on a very attritional soft ground. I mean, the other thing you've done is you you've kept him back distance wise until you absolutely need to go up in trip. But he he's never going to have faced a, a stamina test quite like this. How do you think he'll cope? You don't know until you until you try him, but on everything we see him at home, he's just relentless. He gallops and he just. We, I wouldn't say he's a, he's, a, he's no, he's a slow horse. He just gallops and gallops and gallops at his own pace. So yeah, look, he's. Um, I'm looking forward to it. We'll find out a huge amount whether he's good enough in the race. If he's not good enough, we'll have to go back into our own grade. But there's a lot of slow horses that don't get to you know racing post ratings in excess of 130. There's good slow and bad slow, isn't there? There's the slow that only only gets going at, after three miles and then just keeps rolling on relentlessly. Is he one of those? I'd like to hope he might be. Yes, um, you never never quite know, but that's what that's you know that's what you know we won't know until we run him. But that's always been the hope. Um, I, you know, look, it's the right choice of race to go for, and that we're, we'll be we'll be trying our hardest. And Rishi McLernan takes the ride at the weekend. Yes, Richie drives him. He can do 10-3. John Joe won him last time. Uh, he, I think he's at Kempton, and, uh, and he struggles to do 10-3. So Richie, Richie will ride. Um, Charlie, I must grab a quick word about your, your um, leading novice hurdler rare edition. Uh, how's he getting on, and, and what's the plan? Um, look, he's on great form. He's just, been doing, he's just done a bit of a week, a week schooling down at Marcus Foley, so I sometimes want to be a little bit quicker over his hurdles. Um, that he's he's come back looking great. It's been a mini break for him as well. Um, he will get an entry next weekend in the Rossington Main, but I have seen the ground will be too soft from there. And then I think we're more than likely to head for the Sydney Banks at Huntington on the night for February. Um, but he's very much looking forward to it. And do you still, in the back of your mind, believe that if you do end up at the Spring Festivals, it would more likely be in a in a two mile race than a two and a half mile race? Good question. Um, um, he will get entries for both races, um, the two and two and a half. Um, at the moment, he's very much we're sticking at two miles, but he does, you know, he does, he's a bit slow over his hurdles still, um, and I think that he will he will benefit from the step up and trip in time, whether it's this season or next season. I'm not quite sure, but he's you know I'm very happy at the moment at two miles. Um, we might well be testing the water over two and a half in the Sydney Banks, and you know, in the spring ground will suit him. And you're off to Cheltenham today. Just tell us why. We're just off to Cheltenham today just to go and do a bit of cross-country schooling. Um, the 
grey mare snow leopardess um, I think just something different might be to her liking um, the whole everything went happened a little bit too quick on the first circuit at um, Sandown last weekend um, I know the owner's been very keen to go cross country jumping with her and we're going to try that this morning see how she takes to it the slower pace might suit it it could be something that she will love Big race at Kempton Park this weekend is the Lanzarote Hurdle, named after one of the greats of the game in the 1970s, who was particularly effective at the Sunbury track. From its inception in 1978, the Lanzarote Hurdle was run over two miles until 2007, when the distance was upped to just about two and a half. It has thrown up its fair share of decent winners subsequently, however, including last year's hero Cobbler's Dream. If he wins again, he will become the first horse under either distance to win this prestigious prize twice. And his trainer is Ben Case, who's with me now. Uh, Ben, you've been steeplechasing with him the last couple of times. It hasn't quite worked. How do you feel about what's going to happen in a couple of days' time? Well, um, early on in the season, uh, we schooled him over fences. I don't think I'd seen a, a novice school as well. But when he went to the races, he just didn't jump like we'd seen him school at home. And um, we just took the view that either we run him once more over fences, or we could put him off, or we go back over hurdles and give him some confidence. Um, and we know he was performing well over hurdles before that. So we thought we'd go back over hurdles. And uh, just timing-wise, um, the race suited to run him back in the Lanzarote after his last run. So he, because he hasn't really taken to fences as you'd have liked, it's quite difficult for us to have a gauge on what sort of performance he's capable of now. What What do you think? Well, I don't see. To me, he's in as good a form as he was last year. Um, and, it, you know, you could argue, yes, he's not run badly over fences. He just, um, he just hasn't jumped with the fluency you, you'd have seen him over hurdles. And, uh, you know, his two runs over fences were perfectly adequate. They just weren't as good as I'd have liked. Um, so, for me, he's in good form. Um, the, obviously, he's obviously up, up a fair bit on, on the weights to what he was running last year in... in um, yeah, in Lanzarote last year. Having said that, even though he's significantly higher than he was last year, he absolutely bolted up in this race. He looked like a really, really good horse, and he travelled like a really good horse again at Cheltenham until he was sort of out, outgunned by a, a very smart one, Bambridge, on the on the run. And is there a possibility he's actually you know, just significantly better than than we've seen so far? Certainly, um, I, ho- I hope he can run similar to how he ran either last year in the Lanzarote and or, and or Cheltenham and previously to that. Obviously, I probably ran him one too many times last year. Andrew, he just gone over the top. Um, but uh, I-, I don't see any reason why he can't run <coughs> over hurdles like he had been running before. I've just looked at the going report and, and Barney Clifford's giving it quite a low going stick reading and says it'll wa- uh, ride much softer than it walks. Is that a worry at all? Um, I think it'll be a worry unless you've got a real mudlark looking at the forecast we we had deluge rain last night and um, dryish today but then they talk about rain again Saturday but it almost might be better to rain Saturday morning just to loosen the ground up but um, look it was soft enough last time um, around whether it's going to be soft heavy I I don't know yet Um, but I, I think he'll handle the ground whether he's as good at on that ground as he is on a bit better ground, I don't know. But uh, um, I think he's quite versatile as far as that's concerned. Ben, thanks so much. No worries, Nick. Thank you very much. Cheers. Bye-bye. 
All right, let's move on. As I said at the beginning of the show, we are concerned about the weather a little, and particularly in in light of the fact that Lingfield have their prestigious Winter Millions fixture uh, just over a week from now, and Lingfield is a course that notoriously suffers from from waterlogging. Uh, Lee, my my source is close to to Arc, the parent company of Lingfield Racecourse. Say there is a plan. There's a man with a plan, and that plan is if Lingfield is abandoned, they will seek to relocate those fixtures within the group rather than just call it off altogether. But they would need BHA assent to do that. And that's not always completely straightforward or hasn't been in the past. And you, you've also got to wonder where that might be. Yes. Um, now, for the, the reason why I think ARC will be extremely keen to, to get this meeting on is it, it very quickly made an impact last year there were there were a lot of us who had and still have question marks over some of the races that were introduced in the sense that they have a the potential to damage existing um pattern races and that 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 will be that will be the case going forward but it was a successful first year for this winter millions fixture of two days of jump racing sandwiching one day of all-weather flat racing at lingfield doesn't have itv coverage uh, in its second year because of very, various issues of other competing sporting attractions. But the racing itself looks set to be uh, of a very high order. We had it confirmed again yesterday that Noble Yates will run in the Fleur de Lis chase on the third day. If you look at some of the races taking place, the jumps race is taking place, Nick, on the, on the Friday and the Sunday. The Friday car's got a £110,000 handicap hurdle. Um, it's got races worth 65 grand, 50 grand, and 50 grand and then if you move on to the onto the sunday uh car the second jumps fixture it's highlighted by a, a 165,000 pound conditions chasing which blur the lease as uh, which uh, noble yates will run there's a hundred um grand uh two mile three and a half furlong hurdle race as well so it's a it's a it's a, it's a two-day jumps program packed with quality and i think lingfield have been marketing it hard as well as an event for race goers and they they to be fair to arc they have put forward an extraordinarily good customer offer um with a 20 pound three-day pass to incorporate also the the middle day of all weather action and they were also reported that ticket sales have been extremely good as one would suspect with such a fantastic uh customer offer so they will want to stage this meeting when the concept was initially introduced it's been referenced elsewhere, including on this podcast, that Windsor was very much in, in the arc minds as a potential home for this meeting going forward. Now, that clearly wouldn't be possible at such short notice in Lingfield. If, Windsor, if Lingfield was in trouble ground-wise, and so would, would Windsor. It's possible that Lingfield, which has had drainage work, uh, further drainage work during 2022, perhaps might survive more rain, but there is more rain forecast. If you look at venues where this could take place on other Arc sister tracks, I think the one that would immediately spring to mind is Doncaster, because that very, very seldom uh, gets uh, extremely deep on it on its jumps track. It would tend to have better jumps ground than most comparable race courses at any given time. However, they staged their biggest winter jumps meeting the following week, highlighted by the the Skybet Chase. The three names that I've noted down, Nick, as possibilities. Cheps, though, I think would be the obvious one in that its proximity to, to Lingford is close than some other potential options. The other two being Newcastle and maybe Utoxeter. I'd have thought Chepstow 
Yeah, and the, people will be shouting. People will be shouting Doncaster, but the Skybet chase is the following weekend, so I think that would rule that out. Um, that's the thing, yeah. I think Doncaster would be the most obvious one, and Doncaster as a race course, I think its jump profile has got better and better in recent seasons. You know, I think the quality of jump racing at Doncaster and the financial investment in jump racing at Doncaster has to be applauded. Um, it's a really good jumps track now. And when I was a kid growing up, it was mock for, for fences that you could walk through and it was a fading force as a jumps track, but not anymore. So I think that would be the perfect scenario, whether they could have two days racing at Doncaster and then stage the, the Skybet Chase meeting the following week. I don't know. That would be the ideal scenario. If they feel they can't do that, my money would be on Chepstow. Rightly, there Although, is... Of course, Chep, should they say Chepstow also doesn't always... Uh, isn't always a... Uh, an obvious green light for racing at this time of year as well. And of course, the locals would like Fonwell, but I don't think Fonwell will be able to take a, a meeting of that standing and um, also has had so much racing that I'm not sure it would the ground would take it either. Um, let's talk about the Jockey Club, who have elected seven new ordinary members and one honorary member. An interesting list of names. Um, there are currently in excess of 160 Jockey Club members. Lee, what do they do? Um, what do they do, Nick? Well, well, I'm not sure they do an awful lot necessarily. Um, a lot of them will be well. The 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 the, the, the key jockey club members, of course, will, will sit on on the board um, and act as as, as um, jockey club stewards, um, helping to run the organisation. You have got jockey club. Some jockey club members uh, sit on jockey club racecourse committees, um, but a committee member isn't necessarily a jockey club member per se. Um, to an extent, Nick, it's almost an acknowledgement of achievement in racing. And certainly the seven people who have been nominated and approved as members, elected as members this year, Simon Maneer, David Maxwell, Brian Finch, Simon Phillip, Francis Stanley, Victoria Dunn and Nicholas Wright. Many of those have achieved big things in horse racing. Brian Finch recently appointed uh, chair of Epsom Racecourse, Simon Maneer, who we referenced earlier in the programme, of course, tremendous achievements um, as a racehorse owner. David Maxwell, one of the sport's uh, leading amateur riders and a huge investor in the sport. Um, the honorary member is Sheikh Issa bin Salman Al-Khalifa, the driving force behind horse racing in Bahrain. And it's in his colours that the leading 1,000 guineas and oaks hopeful commissioning uh, won the Phillies Marlet Newmarket last season for John Gosden. I think that appointment, that honorary appointment, underlines a different role within the Jockey Club. Um, a bit, it's almost a bit like getting a spot in the in the royal procession at the royal meeting at Ascot. Nick, I, th I think it's an acknowledgement that this is an individual that the sport wants to. Uh, pay great respect to, uh, to, to massage their ego to an extent, Nick, because Bahrain could be a serious driving force in international horse racing in the years to come. And I think this is an acknowledgement that British racing through the Jockey Club and its membership want uh, to, to show that they really do want this individual and, and the nation to become ever more involved in, in British racing. So it's an interesting use of of the Jockey Club membership position. I think just one other point on the membership, Nick, is that I think it would be a good thing if we could see who all the members were. Prior to this announcement, the Jockey Club referenced on its website having 168 elected members, but nowhere 
on the Jekyll Club website these days is there a list of the members. Once upon a time, when we were a bit younger, this sort of annual announcement would, would come alongside an updated list of Jockey Club members. I, you can't find one now online anywhere. And I think the only place you can necessarily see or get a guide to who the, the full membership is now is to actually go into the, the fantastic Jockey Club rooms. You can rent, you can uh, take a, a room there at night now. They, 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 you know, you go on any hotel booking website and you, you have a night at the Jockey Club rooms. And when you walk from your room, down one of the, the lovely corridors into the breakfast room. There are pictures on the walls of all the members, um, year-by-year memberships, the newest ones are the ones sort of the furthest down the corridor. So you can see them there. So they clearly have an updated list. I just don't necessarily see why, why that isn't published, because I think, I think that would be useful. And I think given the Jockey Club status through the Royal Charter, that would be in order. All right, it's Thursday, so it is time now to... Um, walk down the road to Riyadh in the company of our regular correspondent, Martin Kelly. Uh, Martin, this is a really important week because the entries for the Saudi Cup meeting on February the 25th have been released today. Um, how are they looking? Yeah, they came out just this morning, Nick, and they're, they're looking huge, if anything. Uh, 1,400 horses have been entered, 600 of those coming from overseas, representing 22 countries, chasing over £35 million in prize money uh, for that big race night on February 25th. The chief amongst them is last year's winner, Emblem Rhodes. Locally owned, locally trained, but we'll come back to him in a moment because we'll see him at the weekend but there's a real international flavour to the entries. We've got Japan, USA, UAE, UK, Ireland, Argentina, France and Germany all represented. And from America, the Kentucky Derby winner, Rich Strike, has been given an entry, along with last year's second in the Saudi Cup and subsequent Dubai World Cup winner, Country Grammar. He's in there along with his stablemate, the three-time Grade 1 winner, uh, Tiber, who's owned by Amma Zadan, a staunch ally and key supporter of Bob Baffert. And Nick, I know you know Amma, you've interviewed him as well. I think the fact he's got two horses of this quality entered just shows his real desire to win his, his home race. Yeah, there will be no doubt if Tabor runs that that horse will be the, the headline act. And just casting further forward, I just wonder whether you mentioned Country Grammar, who was second in the race last year, went on to win the Dubai World Cup, whether Country Grammar might in fact end up being Frankie de Tori's final ride of his career in the Breeders' Cup Classic at Santa Anita, but I'm maybe getting ahead of myself. That's America. How strong is the Japanese challenge this time? Because clearly last year was uh, an extraordinary night for them and, and rather was an emblem of their success worldwide thereafter. Yeah, four of the six international thoroughbred races went to Japan last year, and they've got a few in with a chance in the big pot as well in the Saudi Cup. The likes of the automatic entry, Juan Lightbolt is in there, and Ishito Yahagi's uh, Panthalassa also entered. Elsewhere on the card, Song Line, she could be back to defend her crown in the turf sprint, and Japan have won the last two renewals of the Riyadh dirt sprint, and last year's winner, Dancing Prince, is also entered once again. All right. What about new countries? Because I know from speaking to Prince Bandar um, at length about this over the last few years, that there's a, a real keenness to try and draw newer developing racing nations to, to Saudi Arabia for this fixture. Yeah, well, if you think back to the Dubai World Cup meeting, Australia used to be well represented there. That representation has dropped off in recent years, but they've got an entry in the Saudi Cup of Australia. Uh, the Sydney-based trainer Annabelle Nisham has entered Law of Indices in the Saudi Cup. And we could see our first ever Portuguese runner on the card as well. On the first day of the meeting, the Friday, 
There's the $500,000 Saudi international handicap. This for horses not in or trained in part one countries. There's 11 countries represented in that race, including Portugal for the first time. Gaspar Vaz's Media Storm is a possible runner there. And that Media Storm may be a familiar name, a horse who started off life here in the UK with David Simcock. Yeah, Portuguese racing is a new one on me, Martin. I will uh, try and educate myself between <laughs> between now and next week. Now, you mentioned um, uh, new territories. You mentioned the Friday. What about the Saturday and the, and the most important undercard race, the Red Sea Turf Handicap? It's the most valuable race on the undercard. How's that shaping up? Very good. And there's a key horse in this. $2.5 million, by the way, up for grabs in the Red Sea Turf. Subjectivist. He could have his first run since the 2021 Gold Cup at Royal Ascot. Mark Johnson, who I guess we can now call the assistant to his son, Charlie, he was talking this week saying that the horse is back in training. They've not quite turned the screw with him, but he said all's going well at the moment and all being well, we'll see him in action in the Red Sea turf. And I think you'd agree, Nick, that would be a, a huge boost to the meeting to have a horse of, of his calibre, a Royal Ascot Gold Cup winner coming over and having his comeback run in Riyadh. And Martin, a big name returning in Riyadh this weekend. Emblem Rhodes, we touched on him last year's winner of the Saudi Cup. He's running on Friday, he's in race one on Friday, dropping back down to 1,600 metres or the mile. It's his first run since he was in France over the summer. He takes on 19 rivals, but he's £23 clear on the official ratings. It's going to be very disappointing if he doesn't come back with a win uh, on Friday. And elsewhere on Friday, we've got the Prince Carl Abdullah Cup as well as race six. That was due to be staged last weekend, but would you believe all three days racing was cancelled last weekend due to uh, wet weather in the uh, the desert. Uh, we've got uh, Kader in there for Bahrain and Fauzi Nas and Juan de Montalban as well. He should improve on his first run in Saudi. He was 11th on his first run, but different distance this weekend. I think we'll see more from him in the Prince Carl Abdullah Cup. And anything to look forward to Saturday? Yeah, loads. It's a massive weekend of racing. Uh, but there's, in fact, four domestic Group 1s on Saturday. It's the King's Cups, the King Faisal Cup and the King's Saud Cup. And some big names in town. Uh, Jim Crowley's got rides there both Friday and Saturday. The Doyle's back. He won a domestic Group 1 there in December. He's got four rides Saturday. Javier Castellano has got his first rides in seven years in Riyadh. And Kristen Demuro as well. He's across to ride a runner for Jean-Claude Rouget. It's only Jean-Claude's second runner in Riyadh. He's got Joe Francais going in the King Faisal Cup. Race 10 on Saturday. And that's a, a horse we saw running down the field in the Prix Jacques behind in Spiral. And all of the action available to watch over the weekend, youtube.com forward slash equestrian CR live. And anything from Dubai last week that we should keep an eye on? There's a few things, actually, Nick. Yeah, a few horses on the road to Riyadh from Dubai. Switzerland, six in the Riyadh Dirt Sprint last year. He won a Group 3 race in uh, Maidan last weekend. Enemy for Ian Williams. He caused a 20-to-1 upset in the opening race. He's been given an entry in the Red Sea Turf Handicap. And Algiers, who was an year seven-length winner of Round 1 of the Al Maktoum Challenge. Simon Crisford saying that the Saudi Cup are possible for him alongside round two of the Al Maktoum Challenge as well. So three horses from uh, Maidan last weekend could well be appearing in Riyadh in around uh, seven weeks' time. All right, thanks to Martin, to all my guests today. Lee is still with me. And Lee, just before I ask you for something for this afternoon, good news just reported a little sidebar in the TDN this morning that Hookham it is indeed, as as we were um, given notice of by Owen Burrows at the back end of last season, the Coronation Cup winner is indeed in trading with a view to returning in the summer sometime, according to Shadwell's racing manager, Angus Gold, which is great news. It really is good news. Um, I mean, um, 
Owen Burroughs had um, a superb 2022, not necessarily a, a huge number of winners, but he really produced some very high-class quality performance uh, for Sheikh Hissa and the Shadwell team. Hookham was very much one of those towards the start of the season. We thought we'd said goodbye to him as a racehorse after he was injured um, in the in the uh, Coronation Cup. Um, but it looks like he might come back for 2023 and that would be great news. And it would be uh, extremely um, fitting for, for Owen Burroughs and no less than he deserves. He really is someone who you will be surprised if the Shadwell team aren't sending more and more quality young stock to because he more than delivered last year. And of course, he he lost Minzar through injury just after the victory in the Haydock Park Spring Cup. That horse is now doing stallion duties and I'm sure will be very popular. Hookham, brother to Baid, is back in training. Lee, do you have anything for me for this afternoon? I do, Nick. Um, if I wasn't working today, I might be thinking of driving up to Catrick because it's their big jumps day of the season. The Vickers.bet North Yorkshire Grand National takes place at 250. Sadly, not the sort of uh, field in terms of quantity they would hope for for 25 grand. Uh, contest uh, still an interesting little race. My tip is coming in the in one of the earlier races. The, the the 105, the RacingTV.com mares handicap. Heard Lucy Wadham sends from Newmarket Brand Desover under Bryony Frost. She's a horse who's run twice this season. On run twice as well. Um, well at Lingfield on both occasions behind a big improver. I think because of that, you can mark up what Brandis over achieved on those occasions and on ground she handles and taking it to win that 105 long distance mayor's handicap hurdle at Gatrick. Lee, thanks so much. Thank you very much for listening. We will see you again tomorrow. That was Thursday, the 12th of January. Bye-bye. <laughs> You've been listening to Nick Luck Daily, brought to you in association with Fitzdares, the Racehorse Owners Association, and Thoroughbred Racing Commentary. Mm-hmm.